Welcome back, everyone. This is Shay Folk with the AgView Pitch. And today we have on special guest Anthony LaCour. Uh, can you introduce yourself, Anthony? Hey, afternoon, Shay. Pleasure to be on. It's uh, great to be here today. As you mentioned, my name is Anthony LaCour and currently work for Corteva. I've uh, been here about uh, a decade now. And a little bit of my background is uh, within uh, agronomy and sales, uh, primarily work throughout the Corn Belt from Nebraska to Iowa and Illinois. Grew up on a farm in the uh, northern part of Iowa, and currently I lead our digital agronomy efforts globally for Corteva, and uh, been doing that for about the last two years now. Wow, that's awesome. And as I understand, you've bounced around the Midwest, what, Nebraska, Iowa, where else have you been? I, I spent about five years out in Illinois prior to moving back to Iowa, so it's been a, uh, a great opportunity to work with and partner with many of our growers uh, throughout the Midwest. Great, yeah, so you got a pretty good pulse on kind of what's going on in the Midwest, and as you mentioned with your global stuff that you've been doing, have you done any travel recently? So I've been uh, over in Europe here twice so far this year, as well as uh, Brazil a couple times, and so that's been the, the scope of this year, which has been, it, it's been a great opportunity you know, to really have a good understanding of the agriculture within the U.S., but also to be um, humbled with the opportunity to get perspective outside of the U.S. has been a great opportunity, both uh, within Europe and Brazil here. Right. So let's talk about some of that perspective, um, you know, with the, the different regions that you're in. What are some of the challenges that you see, you know, globally, not only here in the United States, but abroad? You know, how do those different? How are those different? And then what are some of the opportunities that you see there? Yeah, if, if I look at globally, one thing that is common no matter where you go in the world is that farmers and producers are eternal optimists. And whether you're in South America, Europe, the U.S., that is absolutely the resounding case. And if I think about some of the challenges, you know, it could be anything from government regulation. So you think about Europe as an example and some of the limitations of the use of GMOs to insecticides and herbicides to you think about down in Brazil and some of the challenges they've had with um, taxes and, and those regulations as well, too. At the end of the day, every farmer I meet and talk with has that optimism and bright outlook for the future. But it's it's amazing the impact that these different regions face, um, just thinking about things that are outside of their control, but they still have to manage and work through every single day. Right. So not just a, not just the United States thing, the, the optimism runs through everywhere and maybe, maybe sometimes to the detriment of, you know, waiting too long to make decisions and uh, doing the right things there. But it's good to hear that the community that we know and love here is widespread. And you you almost need to have those opportunities to see that firsthand to really have that appreciation. You know, I, I think a lot about agronomy and what some of our focus is in the U.S. about some of the the minute details of management of you know how many pounds of nitrogen are we going to apply on corn on corn versus corn on soybeans to what's our seeding rate by hybrid or product placement. You know, we're super dialed in there. If I look over in Europe as an example, um, you know, you look at some parts of the world there we're not necessarily concerned about managing that as much as we are on how do we eliminate the uh, intellectual property issues where we have seed going on the black market and just challenges there. So that perspective has been really humbling, just seeing all those different areas of the world of really, you know, whether you're an agronomist, a producer, you know, what's most important to you every single day you wake up. You, you also look at some areas of, of the world too, they're just lucky to get home alive, thinking about 
um, you know, some areas of the Middle East as an example. So amazing perspective as you think about the, uh, the good fortune that we have in the U.S. Yeah, you hit on it there. We're definitely very fortunate to not have to deal with a lot of those challenges. And, you know, as we deal with the wet season and stuff here, we've had our own challenges within uh, getting the corn and beans in the ground, uh, looking at any of the other crops. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, you mentioned you work with some of the seed production side of things. How has that been within Corteva? Uh, what are some of the challenges that you're facing there? Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that. So if, if I think about this year, I immediately think back to a, a conversation I had with a, a very close producer that I worked with a couple of years ago. And when I first met him, just in conversation, uh, he, he, by age, had clearly been farming 30, 40 years his entire life. And I asked him just how many years he had been farming. And he looked at me and he said, Anthony, I've been farming one year because every year is different. And ever since he mentioned that to me, that completely stuck. And I think this year is a really good testament to that. In some areas of the country, I mean, just unprecedented challenges as you think about uh, some of the discussion we're having around late planting or preventing planting. Um, some farm operations in their 50 plus year history have never even done that. And so within seed production, we are facing the exact same challenges that we are um, on the commercial side of the business. We're uh, we're tasked with managing just over a million acres uh, throughout Corteva in the U.S. alone. And so thinking about some of the decisions we need to make, it's really important because we're ultimately producing the crop that our customers are going to be planting in 2020. And so you think about that, it's really about securing the world's food and fuel supply for the upcoming year. And we've been making some really diligent decisions as it relates to product movements and everything that we can to make sure that we're successful in producing this year's crop so we can reliably supply that for our customers coming up here in 2020 as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge undertaking looking at, you know, you hit on it there a little bit, food feed and some of the global supply there. But I think what's unique and particularly with Corteva and some of the other uh, industry leaders out there is at the end of the day with these management strategies, you're basically just a large farm operation, right? That's a really good way to look at it. You know, as I talk about some of my focus, I mentioned digital agronomy. And the, the first thing everyone asks is, well, what, what in the world is digital agronomy? And it's really the exact same agronomy that we've been doing for over the last 50 years. When you think about how do we manage fertility? How do we manage weeds, product placement? You know, it's the exact same thing we've been doing, but just with a more granular and um, faster way of looking at that information. So yes, in a sense, you know, on those acres, we're looking at what are the optimal fertility levels that we need to be targeting for the fields we produce on to what are the best weed management strategies or uh, in-season crop protection management. Basically the exact same mindset that a farmer has from getting the crop in to managing it throughout the growing season and then successfully harvesting it, uh, very similar mindset. Right, lots of decisions to be made there. Can you talk to me a little bit about not only in, in your life and the work that you do there as far as decision-making, but how does the company deal with that? What what premises do you follow? You know, it, it's, a, it's a dynamic business when you think about agriculture. And one thing that uh, our team has really been focused on is being very nimble in decision-making. So a year like this year, we had to make some really quick decisions about product movements and things to successfully produce and I'd say one parallel that we've used is I'll call the 4070 rule. And 
the 4070 rule can be applied not only in agriculture, but it could be applied to going out to dinner with your significant other. And the 4070 rule is the premise of when you have less than 40% of the information needed to make a decision, you, you basically just don't have enough. You, you're, you're shooting from the hip. However, if you think about decisions where you're trying to get 80, 90, 100% of the information, chances are, if you think back nine times out of 10, when you've done that, you've missed a great opportunity to be successful because you either waited too long or you just never gathered all the information. And so the premise of the 40-70 rule is you need somewhere between 40 and 70% of the information needed to make a decision. And you think about when we say we make gut decisions, well, typically what that is, is we've got 70% of the information and the rest is just gut instinct. And everyone's a little bit different. Some people are at the 40% the end of the spectrum. Others are at the 70. But that type of, of decision making has really been beneficial as we look at our business and being able to be nimble and call the right audibles when we need to, given any given year that we're faced with. Right. I think having that flexibility and agility within not only a team, but an organization leads to a huge amount of success. And some of the things that producers are looking at now is, okay, we've been talking about the weather. We've been talking about getting the crops in the ground. Uh, you know, is it too wet? Do we need to take this preventative planting? So, you know, where, where do we go from here? Right. We know where we've been. Uh, we know where we are. Uh, a lot of crops are getting in the ground right now, uh, depending on your region. Uh, kind of had some drier spells here in Illinois, able to get some planting in here the last few days. Where do you see this going through the rest of the season? What are some agronomic decisions that we need to be looking at on a, a larger scale? You know, if I relate back to some of the things that we're focused on, I, I think it really comes down to how do you how do you be proactive and think ahead through some of those scenarios or challenges over the next three months. Um, for us, as an example, on the seed corn side of the business, as we look at delayed planting, the first thing that we're thinking about is what does that mean for delayed maturation and the potential for frost risk at the end of the growing season? So, you know, we're very concerned with making sure that we have seed that germinates. And so that's a risk for us. I think you know, from a commercial perspective, that's also a consideration, which certainly many farm operations have been making those decisions to move from later maturity, maybe corn hybrids to earlier maturity to eliminate and reduce that risk. And so I think really just having that mindset of what have we been exposed to now and what does that potentially mean for the future, whether it's disease potential, late harvest, any of those items, just having that three-month uh, forecast is really beneficial thinking about how do we manage that when that comes up tomorrow or overnight. Yeah, that's a great point. And you and I were talking about this a little bit offline before we started recording here, but, you know, sometimes you can do everything right. You know, you make the right fertility decisions, you get the right seed in the ground at the right time, and Mother Nature throws you a curveball. Uh, things still go wrong. How, how do you move past that? What's, you know, what's the next step when that happens? You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a similar parallel as we were talking about before was the, uh, <clears throat> the former Navy SEAL commander who I was listening to that was talking a little bit about that. And he was talking about back in their training when every morning they would have the, the Navy SEAL team ready to go and they would need to be by the pool ready to go at 6 a.m. And inevitably, someone would show up at 6.03, and so they would work the entire Navy SEAL team just mercifully for the next 18 hours. 
And there were also days where everyone was there at 5.55. They were ready to go by the poolside five minutes early. And what he would say they would do on some of those days is they would actually work them harder those days when they were early and prepared versus when they were late. And he said the reason they do that is because in war, you can do everything perfectly right and have everything go catastrophically wrong. And on the flip side, you can do everything wrong and have everything go perfectly right. And so I think that relates perfectly to, you know, as we think about every growing season, it really starts, what, October or November in the fall, thinking about what products are we going to plant to what's our fertility program look like? What are the seeding rates? What are the management aspects? And I think as we go through that process, we always have plan A in our mind, but plan A can quickly become plan B. And I think having that mentality of that flexibility and to be able to pull the trigger on plan B and have that preparation, I think is the overarching theme that I think helps really set successful farm operations up through that decision-making for whatever plan B brings. Right. I think there's a joke in there somewhere about farming is war, but we'll uh, we'll step past that one for right now. <laughs> for but today, at least. In, in all seriousness, and not to take away from, you know, the, the sacrifices that men and women out there are making, but when you look at the challenges and the decision-making process that is involved with, you know, farming, production, and, and many assets of the producers' lives, the people that love and enjoy this lifestyle, there, there are a lot of similarities there and, uh, to bring it full circle to the agility that we were talking about earlier, just making sure that you're making sound decisions, uh, having the right information and, and kind of moving on there. So, uh, we'll, we'll kind of move towards the end here, you know, anything exciting that you're seeing kind of in the U S and abroad, obviously you work with some, some great people and you get exposure to a lot of exciting things, you know, can you talk about some of those? If, if I look at the, uh, I'll take, the seed production side of the business, we have been over the last two years really implementing some exciting technology that not only is great for what we're doing in seed production, but also has great benefit for how we can um, provide that to our farm customers as well, too. So if I think about how we're leveraging drones as an example, being able to fly a field and within about 15 minutes get a stand count that's 100 times more broad in that exposure for that field uh, to some of the things that we've been focused on with fertility management and understanding what are those really critical levels that we need to be dialed in at that when we want to take 220 bushel corn and move it to 250, what are the exact levers that we need to do that? So from a, an agronomic and digital agronomy perspective, there's some great things that we've been focused on there. But if I also look at the Corteva business, thinking about some of the new uh, traits in biotechnology, thinking about chrome, which is going to be a, uh, a new corn rootworm trait that we're bringing forth to the, the commitment in research and development, what I would say is if I look at the last four years and as we as Corteva have been going through the merger between Dow and DuPont, and now that we have officially spun off as of June 1st and are a independent ag company, the last 90 years, we have been entirely focused on our customers, as in our, our farmers. And that continued focus is going to drive everything that will continue to meet and solve their needs. And so there may be things that we don't even know about today that we're going to uncover as we look at that commitment of always understanding what our customers' needs are. 
And so that openness to partnering with farmers and that commitment is, is something that I'm the most excited about, aside of the technology, the traits, the germplasm that I think we'll be really looking forward to in the future as well. And all to provide, you know, the highest quality products and a good future for the people that are utilizing them. <clears throat> Very well said. That's spot on. Great. So any last thoughts or comments here, Anthony, before we wrap up? You know, this year uh, certainly has been a challenging one. And, you know, as I look across the Midwest, there are operations who have been through this type of year before. There are operations where this is the first time they've ever been exposed to this. I think, you know, building that network and community and communication, if, if there's people that you know throughout the Midwest that have maybe been exposed to this, that you know, I think back to 2013 in northern Iowa and southern Minnesota, we went through this where we had a tremendous amount of prevented plants, some of these issues. So, you know, thinking about if there's someone you know up in that area, how can you reach out to them and lean on and get feedback or input or just create some of those connections? Chances are someone's been through that before. So, you know, that's one thing thinking about some of the challenges that we've certainly been faced with um, that I, I think about as far as building that network and, and uh, community as well, too. That's an awesome point. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do here on the AgView pitch is not only reach out to the people in the community and all, all of the incredible connections that we've made over the last decades, really, and, and just bring perspective to people on let's stop looking through our binoculars and let's talk to other people. Let's realize, you know, that things probably aren't as bad as, as we think they are when we get stuck in our thoughts out in the tractor and just making sure that you know, we do have that optimism for the future because there's a lot of things going on right now. So, uh, Anthony, you know, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day today. We, we appreciate having you on. Hey, thank you. Very, very humbling experience and certainly wish everyone a very successful and prosperous 2019 growing season. Great. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, you know, this has been today's episode of the AgView Pitch. Please, if you find any value out of this, uh, if you're enjoying what we're doing here on the podcast, share this with people that you know, reach out to those in the community and your networks and, you know, have them tune into this, have them tune into some of the perspective that we're trying to provide here. So uh, stay safe out there and we'll catch you next time on the Egg View Pitch.